0: Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Let's go! This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on V
4: Lombardi Line Vsin the sports betting network. You don't have any clue, Michael Lombardi, what I was doing. Oh, let's see. Seventeen minutes before the show started. You want to take a shot? You want to take a guess?
5: Uh, Walking Jeezy.
4: <laughs> that is a tremendous guess. I was perusing the NFL betting guide, which we dropped yesterday, and yeah. I bet th- I took I bet three bets right before the show. I took a long shot that was suggested, a uh, great price on MVP. And then I saw Michael Lombardi's two season win recommendations and I bet one over and I bet one under. Now I'm not going to reveal what those two, those two teams that you you bet and you suggested, I should say, uh because you got to get the guide to figure it out, okay?
5: Yeah. I got it. Thank you for that, Patrick. I appreciate that. You know, I I think that guide is tremendous. And I think it really, as I've gone through it, it gives you such a good baseline as you prepare for, we got two weeks to go. There's going to be a lot of moving around. There's going to be a lot of changes going on within the leagues. Minor changes, nothing like Tyron Smith getting injured for the Cowboys, but there's going to be changes that we have to keep up with. And I think it's, this is such a good baseline. I I urge everybody to try to, to get it and it will pay dividends. It really will.
4: And the Cowboys, of course, one of four preseason games tonight to wrap up, obviously, for those eight teams uh, week three in the preseason. Uh, just quickly, uh, you are a big deal, so you get the guide for free. I became an all-access subscriber to get it. I just want to make that clarification. <sighs> just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. You did, you right, did contribute okay. to the guide, so you deserve it. Um, how are we doing Thank today? You. How are you
5: feeling? We're good. I, I mean, are we going to have this honest conversation about what we witnessed last night? Are we going to have it? Are we, are we going to talk about it? Are we going mean, to do that
4: now? Are we going to do that
5: now? I, whatever you, you want to do, it, you're the point guard. It? I no, mean, you're I, the point I guard. Think I saw it's, I you know, some... the, rundown. the rundown in Block A. I want to know I read the rundown. The rundown in Block A says that we should discuss <laughs> the games from last night. Anything you want to discuss, I'm more than happy to.
2: Hmm.
4: Which one should we start with? Should we start with potentially a Super Bowl matchup with Green Bay and Kansas City? Or should we start with San Francisco and Houston? Uh, you know what? Let's have some fun. Let's mix it up. Let's start with San Francisco and Houston. Houston beat the 49ers a 17 nothing, And I'm sure that's all we'll talk about. Go ahead, Michael. What do you got?
5: <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I think it's, as I said yesterday on the show, I thought it was a good test for Trey Lance to go in there, speed of the game. You know, you have said all week long, Lovey Smith was going to play. His, he was treating game three like a real game. Okay, right. fair enough. And so he was going to go out there and play his guys, at least for the first half. and But I felt like it was the perfect test for Trey Lance because this Lovey Smith defense will parallel the Matt Eberflus defense, which will be the opening game. So it'll give him a chance to see it at a higher level, practice it at a higher level, and see what his execution and his timing is like. And I think he failed miserably at doing that. This is not to say he's not going to be a good player. I'm not saying that, but he looked sluggish and slow. He looked like we all said a year away from being a year away. He doesn't look ready. Like if I'm on that airplane flying back with Kyle, are we sure we want to dump Garoppolo? Are we sure? Do we want to do this, or wouldn't we be better off giving this kid one more year eventually? And why are we rushing this? Because he did not look ready to execute the offense at the highest level. Now, what does that mean? Get us in the right run. Read the front. Read the coverage. Check it off. You know, fans look at completions and say he's ready to play. Well, some of the completions I could complete. They were there. But when it gets sticky, when it gets a little messy, when things have to be sorted through, can he handle that? And I don't think he did that last night.
4: He was 7 of 11, 4 yards per attempt. Yikes, 49 yards. And I simply wrote down in my notes, I know this is a little derogatory, I said tempo gross with Lance. Tempo was terrible. Yeah. Everything about the vibe, everything about the rhythm with that first-string offense was bad for the 49ers.
5: It really was. And the offensive line, obviously, they didn't have Trent Williams in the game. That's a problem, you know, because we saw Jerry Hughes dominate, who should dominate any young player in the game. Since he's a veteran, he was running at a high motor. But forget all that. To me, it was about reading, reacting, playing with poise, understanding the game, having a feel, making sure he was kind of got all his T's crossed and I's dotted. And that didn't look like it. And for me – he was going against a really simple coverage. You're going to get an over front. You're going to get cover two. You're going to get, you know, it's not complicated. You know, it's not a compliment. You're going to get a few zone dogs. It was, and Kyle had him prepared, you would think, to play that. And yet it didn't really come. I mean, Brock Purdy, even though Brock Purdy struggled, it he looked more rhythmic than, than Lance did.
4: It wasn't pretty. Uh, I'm I'm not just playing I'm I'm not being um, sarcastic It, it really was not a good look and you can look at the completions and everybody talks about week one with the long touchdown pass but if you really look at yesterday's progression from play to play it was just sticky yeah not good rhythmic was completely absent and 10 wins right now regular season over at DraftKings on the 49ers 110 up and down so the numbers not moving
5: no. And I mean, you've got to be concerned about can he do this as it gets more complex, as the game speeds up, as the defensive change on him at the last second. You know, Kyle can only lead him so far with the scheme. Can he execute as he moves forward? To me, this is the concern, you know, and that's why, you know, when you take him, when you took him. And you know, I understand they paid a dear price to get him. Now, you know, I also understand that Kyle would have drafted Mac Jones had been left alone. But the organization and Twitter felt like you can't pick Mac Jones at the third. Here's an interesting point, Patrick. Bill Walsh would say this all the time. It doesn't matter where we pick them; it matters how they play. And everyone said, a lot of geniuses that that I, that I, that that came after me said, you can't pick Mac Jones at third. It's he's not worth that pick. But when you watch Mac Jones play as a rookie, and you watch Trey Lance in his second season, who's the better player?
4: No, you're right. And this was what Shanahan said after the game, because I was kind of scouring for some quotes. He said, Look, I wish it was cleaner just from a hole, but I'm not gonna make too much out of it. There weren't too many opportunities and we got in some long down and distances, which made it tough. And then Lance said, Yeah, that wasn't good. So not not the showing you want in the third preseason. And you've been talking about this perfect setup with the levy defense the whole entire week leading into it. That's the
5: that's the bigger point. Here. That's the scary part. That's the bigger issue. You know, I mean the question that Kyle should have been asked directly after the game was Kyle. Are you worried about Lance going against Chicago's defense after he looked this bad against the Houston, which is the same defense? Does that concern you at all? Now, he would have fluffed it off, but it would have made the point. It would have made the point about this is what worries him. You know, and it's not about, you know, going against the a complicated defense or, you know, somebody – the. the the Dan Quinn stuff that he's running down in Dallas where it's kind of getting a little bit edgy. You know, it's not Vic Fangio's stuff. You know, because what happens week one of the season is there's disguises. There's a look, a disguise. And then you've got to read and react and put the play into into motion. And I think that's just going to be a struggle for him.
4: What makes this such an anomaly is this isn't Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. This is a team that was in the NFC championship game the last couple of years. This is a team. This is a dude starting for a team with expectations that are sky
5: high. This is not. This is an anomaly. Right. And so you're John Lynch, you're Adam Peters, who were hugely involved in the drafting the Trey Lance because he was superior athlete. I mean, you still, you know, and so. What do you do now? I mean, if you're Kyle and after Week Three, Week Four of the season, and Lance really is kind of costing you games, what do you do? What do you do? They kept showing that graphic last night. Kyle's won eight games without Garoppolo. He's eight and twenty-eight. He's won thirty-three with them. Like that—that's got to make you nervous. That's got to make you nervous. Because this is this is uncharted territory. I know he's the third pick overall in the draft, but as a better and someone you're putting your faith in, do you really think he's going to execute? Yeah, I know we were in long down but you're going to be in long down distance because people are going to take away what he wants to do.
4: Well, uh, the answer to your question, what are they going to do? Maybe a $26
5: million insurance policy? I, I, that's my question. Do you sit there and say, let's hold on to him? Let, let's hold on to him as the backup. It's you know, I I don't know if you can do that. I know they've moved on, but to me, that their season could be in jeopardy if they don't. I mean, if this kid gets hurt, they don't have a backup quarterback. I mean, we saw Nate and we saw Brock Purdy. That that's that that's pretty obvious, right? So I'm not sure they have a starting quarterback, let alone have a backup quarterback. This is a quarterback uh, a quarterback less team right now. If he can't beat you with his legs, how is he going to beat you? If they do that this year, what does it mean for the future of the kid? I mean, they gave up all. Well, I mean, he still has three years, though, up. Patrick. He still has three years. You know, and and you can franchise him. He still has four years. Let's say, and, and you know what? If you don't know who he is, does it matter? Like they've already paid the price. It's a sunk cost. I'm not saying run him off or cut him. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying. And I want to be very clear. I'm not saying he can't turn into a good player, but he's not ready to play football right now. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying he's not ready. That game was an indicator. And Kyle knows this. It wasn't pretty on any front. But he knows sometimes great players. Like, people. Talk- Patrick Mahomes in his second year didn't look like this. You either Michael, have it the, or the, you don't. Trey Lance hasn't played football, Michael. He that's didn't play right. his senior
4: year. That's right. He didn't play last year. That, this is He hasn't played that's football. That's the whole
5: point. That's the whole point. Are you going to trust that? Are you going to, Are you willing to grow with that? It's your point about Tyler Lawrence. Are you willing to grow with Tyler Lawrence? Yeah, we are because we're not very good. We're going to grow together. You're really good in San Francisco. Are you going to grow with Trey Lance? Now, look, they'll be better defensively, and they'll play Trent Williams and all that stuff. I get that. But at the end of the day, in the last six minutes of a game, you got to execute. you got to throw the ball when you need to throw it. Is he going to be able to do that? He doesn't look confident to me. Did he look confident to you? Oh, the lack,
4: just the complete opposite. Complete opposite of confidence. I I literally wrote down tempo gross. That's not what you want to see from the first team heading into the regular season. Right now, in division, the West, the Rams plus 130, the 49ers plus 150. Bet at your own peril. So that's one. We'll get to Green Bay and Kansas City. And you've got, what, four more games tonight. The pre continues. So does the Lombardi line here on v the Esports Betting Network.
5: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
4: Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we discussed it to start the show. The VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide is out right now. So this year's guide is packed with Super Bowl and playoff predictions, a season win total, which I bet Michael's recommendations for every team, the best ways to bet rookie quarterbacks and more. Plus, bookmaker breakdown of what future the public and respected bettors are making as far as the futures bets. Remember, the only way to get access like I did, a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Become one today. It takes a minute all right 50 percent off right now you get the college football betting guide remember week zero tomorrow michael and i will be on top of it here on the lombardi line uh week zero as far as college football starts tomorrow so you get everything we offer including michael's columns point spread weekly for 175 bucks that's 50 percent off right now go to slash subscribe okay he is michael lombardi i'm patrick maher this is the lombardi line we're gonna be here tomorrow we're gonna be here bright and early week zero Get it kicked off, Northwestern in uh, Nebraska. Scott Frost is Dublin. on the hot seat down in Dublin. Which uh,
5: have you been? No, never been to Ireland. No, I never you have. have
4: to go. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's, it's the great it's, Michael Don I
5: mean, he was telling me about Ireland when I had when I had dinner with lunch with him and his crew there at the uh, South Point, and we were talking about Ireland and how beautiful it is. So it sounds wonderful. Yeah.
4: Well, he has. He is the owner of the South Point, and he's a legend in. Las Vegas, Michael Gone has a castle on the West coast of of Ireland. So pretty good. Um, Okay. We just talked about Trey Lance quickly on Davis mills expectations sky high for the second year signal caller. I thought the first two quarters were blah through a pick, but then he came out and remember, I told you Lovey's going to play these guys. He came out and opened up the third quarter. Did mills a six play 77 yard touchdown drive with the touchdown pass to Chris Moore. That looked snappy. That looked good coming out of the uh, halftime there.
5: You know, first play of the game, he gets sacked, which is a problem. You know, the left tackle, Tunzel wasn't in the game, and, you know, he got pressure. But I thought that first drive where they got points, he made some plays. He made a really good third down throw. He got roughing the passer call on him. He read that out. You know, his timing, to me, just compare the two players, both in the same draft. One picked in the third round, one picked overall. Mills has rhythm and timing. You know, is he's yeah. not as skilled as an athlete as Lance's, but he's got rhythm and timing. And I think you saw that. You know, the interception was unfortunate in the end zone. But I think this is about can they protect him? Can Houston's offensive line rise to the next level? I think that's going to be critical. You know, and you could see Lovey wants to run the football. You know, Lovey wants to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I think he put a lot of emphasis, a lot of double teams on the front. You know, and, you know, the Pierce kid that they get from Florida who doesn't play much at Florida looks sensational. You know, he looked really good. So you got to feel good about that, and and I think that's how they're going to continue to go. I liked Marlon back when he was in Indianapolis. I think he's kind of coming back off that Achilles now. But I, I think Davis Mills is the kind of guy that if they can protect him, he's smart, he'll read it out. He's got rhythm, he's got timing – I don't think he's going to be an elite player, but I think he's going to be a very functional player.
4: I'm glad you brought up Damian Pierce. I think he's going to be RB1 there. He's going to – the rookie no out of Florida. They drafted him in the fourth round. He's going to be your first-ring running back with the Texans. A um, couple of things. One, we saw the unders bounce back big time yesterday, Michael. Green Bay, Kansas City, 27 total points, a 17-10 win, and then just 17 total points with Houston blanking the 49ers, 17 nothing. So let's go back to Green Bay and Kansas City. Potentially a Super Bowl preview, as we know. Those two teams close out the preseason with a 17-10 win there for Kansas City. I wrote down the big story was Bushel. I mean, he may usurp Chad Henney. Chad Henney's 37 years old, the backup there to Mahomes, and then you saw Bushell and the tight end, not Kelsey, but Matt Bushman connect for two touchdowns. That that to me is what really stood out.
5: Yeah, the other thing that stood out was we were talking yesterday as if Aaron Rodgers was gonna play, right? That, that was what, what, what LaFleur said, right? I mean, everybody's yeah. saying, Lombardi, where'd you get your information on? On I, I didn't have information. I just was going by what they said. So, you know, obviously they wanted to save him. And, and I think it's the right play. What are you going to play him for? Like, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think Jordan Love actually has gotten better. I think Jordan Love has gotten better. He took a lot of heat in the first game. Some of those plays weren't his own fault. But I think he's got he's improved. I think he's got better rhythm. I don't think he's rhythmic, but I think he's improved his rhythm. There's no doubt there. And I think Bushell, is, as Kansas City morphs back to their West Coast roots and gets away from – you know, most people, when you talk to them in the league about Kansas City's offense, it's, they say it's playground. That that was always the term people would use when you're playing. Because the play breaks down, Mahomes scrambles around, and it becomes a playground play. Like, it was no really defined, this is kind of, it was loose plays and Mahomes could make them. This looks a little bit more structured, and I think Bushell fits that West Coast. Is he an elite athlete? No. Does he have an elite arm? No. But he's got the one thing a lot of quarterbacks don't have. He's got rhythm, and he's got a feel for the game, and he can make those throws.
4: Put up big stats, lit it up for SMU when he transferred from Texas, Buchel. Um, And I felt like I was crazy uh, yesterday while watching the game. So I kind of scoured the internet looking for quotes from Aaron Rodgers. And he did say he was going to play a bit in the third preseason game. So we weren't crazy. He just didn't play. He, He just didn't post. Now, question for Jordan Love. I mean, what a weird, weird career thus far. Year three. I thought he looked pretty good. He was getting crushed on social I actually thought
5: he looked pretty good in the matchup. I mean, he looks like he's got a grasp of the offense. He's a target, and unfortunately it's not fair for the kid. I think he's played better. I I didn't think he was as bad in the first game as everybody made him out to be. You know, I think he's – you know, he's – look what happens is he, you don't get enough reps. You know, he comes indoor, and I think it was what, three years ago? And then, you know, we had COVID the next year. He, he, he just needs experience. This is as much as he had at Utah State, he needs more in pro football. Just think about where Lance is. Lance didn't even play his senior year at North Dakota State. Think about that. It, you know, it takes reps. It takes timing. I mean, I equate it to being a fighter pilot. You got to get in the plane and see it. It's hard. That's why they have those plane simulators, so that, you know, you can learn how to become a fighter pilot without having to to get crashed in an airplane. It's challenging. And this is what preseason's all about. I thought Love's getting better. Now, do I, would I say he's a starting quarterback in the league and a top 10 player? I'm not ready to go there yet. But I will say that he's improved. There's no denying it. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? I did. Millie and I went. I saw it. You got to see that in a movie theater. We did. It was very good. Yeah.
4: Hey, I got something for you. Let's go ahead and roll it, and we'll get Michael's reaction, Stephen Bond. Oh, man. There's the video. Okay, so what we're watching is a joint practice with the Bengals and Rams, of course, Super Bowl last year, and you've got an unhinged Aaron Donald literally throwing haymakers with a helmet. This is Not wild. Good. Let me set it up for you. They shut the practice down, the joint practice down, as soon as that scuffle went down. Booger McFarland's taking heat on social because he said it's a slippery slope, Michael Lombardi. He said if you start disciplining players and practices and joint practices – he understands the game but a slippery slippery slope because people are calling uh, no pun intended for Aaron Donald's
5: head here your thoughts i mean look it, this is wasn't in a game it's practice and the coaches obviously have to convey the message to the players that we can't have fights i was at the raider uh, Practice the other day with the Patriots. There was no fights. There was no hostilities. You know, you got to do a better job of control. This isn't the, This isn't a league-sponsored event. This is a two-team-sponsored event. Now, if the team, if Sean McVay wants to take action against them for conduct detrimental to his team, he certainly has every right to do that. But the league doesn't have jurisdiction over that. I think Booger is exactly right. You know, and so it's not a good it's not a good look. And if we're going to have these, if we're going to continue to have these, then maybe the the competition committee should put rules in place that if you fight during a a inter-squad scrimmage, the NFL can find you. Now we got some teeth. Right now we got some teeth. But right now that's not there. It's not there. And I think they should. I think if I was in the league, you should submit a proposal to the competition committee for voting that the league has authority to find players if they get in a fight in these inter squad scrimmage. Now we got something going. But until you do that, you really can't. It becomes the discretion of the team. But look, you spent all that money to fly all the way back there, to set up, to have good practices to help your team, and then you did this and now you can't even practice. I mean it's like what are we doing here? Like what are we doing? A waste of money, a waste of money and time. You know, I mean, it's great. Y'all want to go. Everybody wants to go to Jeff Ruby's and have steak in Cincinnati. Love it. You should do it. It's perfect. It's a great spot. But we're here on a business trip too. Like, and we're not getting the work done we need because Sean doesn't practice very much between himself. He doesn't want those injuries. So if I'm the if I'm Kevin Demoff or Les Snead, I'm saying to the league, look, we should vote on this. The league should take over the disciplinary action of these inter-squad games just to restore order. Because if players know they're going to get fined in these games, they may be less hesitant to have a fight.
4: And by the way, we're 13 days out from the opener. Buffalo, Rams, a little bit that way down the road. Do you know what the number is to open up the season here 2022 with Buffalo at the say, Rams?
5: I would say I have not looked. It's Buffalo 2. Buffalo favored by 2.
4: 2.5. You're right on it. There it is, 2.5, 52.5 on the I mean, the Buffalo the
5: momentum is real. The Buffalo momentum is real. We talked about it yesterday. Does Buffalo have It's real. You know, and, and they're hungry. You know, that's the other important thing. They're hungry. Now, they didn't play well in the opening game last year. That's pretty clear. So, I think that's that thorn in their side. I think they want to improve on that. So, I think that's why it makes this real. Where is going to be the Rams? I don't know. You know. One thing I think Sean McVay does a great job of, he gets the ball to his best players, and he has his team ready without having physical practices.
4: Yeah, the Bills' buildup is real, but so is the drama with the punter. So is the fact that they played tonight to close out preseason week three at Carolina. We'll get to all of that next here at Lombardi Line.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, now, once again, here's
4: Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the king of sportsbooks. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports. It has all your favorite wagering options. You can go in-game with the betting, boosted dot specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any casino there in Nevada with your state-issued ID. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love it. you got to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, easy math here to kick off. Uh, tonight's action, Buffalo at Carolina, no Josh Allen. Carolina will start – of course the newly minted starter there baker mayfield so they're laying six and a half i'll tell you why you shouldn't be betting carolina in a second but michael we have to start with matt the punt god everybody's been discussing the punter well last night a story dropped that is probably the most disturbing story i've read in a long time if if the details are true and everybody deserves due process matter the punter for the bills and those two kids his teammates there at san diego state should go to jail for a very long time they are accused of gang raping a 17-year-old girl. Now, let's bring it back to betting and, and sports. Um, the NFL can't punish him because he hadn't been drafted by the Bills yet. What do you suspect the Bills will do here?
5: Well, I think a lot of this is going to come as you mentioned due process and you know, he hasn't been it's been a, it's a civil coup, c- case, which is interesting why this hasn't been brought to a criminal Good point. case. You know, and Good point. and that's, you know, and that would involve a minor. So Uh, You have two. So I don't know if it went through the, the criminal process and was was not there. So it went to the civil that I don't know. But I think due process. And once they find out whatever the results are, I think they have to take the appropriate action. I mean, look, this kid's a six round draft choice. Yes, he has a strong leg. But as you mentioned, those things have no place in the National Football League and you're not welcoming that on your team.
4: Good point by you. I want to be very clear. The due process needs to play itself out. All I was doing was reading the details, and that's what we right. do. We react to graphic details, and it's just a really terrible story. Let's hope for their sake that it's not true. Okay. So now Buffalo and Carolina. You know McDermott is 12 and 5 overall as the coach of the Bills in the preseason. They've won 10 straight. But here's the fascinating fact: they are six and a half point dogs tonight. Buffalo is 9 and 3 straight up as preseason dogs under McDermott. Think about what I'm telling you. Not just covering, straight up 9 and 3 yeah. as preseason dogs. So they're catching six and a half tonight.
5: Yeah, and, and a lot of this is going to be. You say Baker Mayfield's going to play are we sure he is going to play? You know, I was told he wasn't going to play. I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant to go down. I mean, now the line's moving, so it tells me that somebody has read in the book. It's moving because somebody thinks Baker Mayfield's going to play, but how much will he play? You know, I don't know. That That's the question mark that I would have, and are they going to play all their guys as they get ready for the opening game? I mean, they they didn't do that as much in the, in the postseason. You know, last time they played, New England, PJ Walker took all the reps. So, you know, they, they had the practices. So maybe might maybe maybe Matt Rule will handle this as a regular season game if that's the case. You know, I, I think with the one thing with the Bills, without Josh Allen, they become a lot easier to defend, especially with their backups.
4: Well that's a significant it opened a point and a half for Carolina, all the way up to six and a half. Now Look, Buffalo, Case Keenum played great in week two. Uh, Matt Barkley's been very good. It's not like they don't have capable backups. So that's a pretty significant move. I will tell you this, Michael. We started the show talking about the NFL betting guide, which Vieson dropped yesterday, which is insane. But I was digging through Buffalo and the betting guide. Their depth is absurd. This team, yeah. rightfully so, is the favorite to win a championship because, first off, the defense led the league in DVOA and points allowed. But then you go to the offense. The depth on the offensive front wide receiver, it's just, they're so deep.
5: Yeah, I mean one of the areas they're not, you know is they're in the offensive line, and they, they've got okay. a couple veterans in the offensive line that they're, when they play. Well, Spencer Brown will he, you know, he'll play at right tackle what's going to happen here? You know they still, they have Quisenberry playing at right tackle. Bobby Hart, they have three players that kind of, in that line that are veteran that'll come in and play. That Van Roten is a kid who's played a long time in the league. Uh you know, So they've got a lot of more veteran guys in there, so that allows them to function and move their offense effectively. Look, they're good. I think there's no doubt. I think the key for them is going to be can they get, you know, can they maintain that level of defensive consistency that they had last year? Because even though they were number one in DVOA, when they can't rush the passer, you can attack that secondary. Now, they've got to get their cornerback. He's still on PB, Darius White. They haven't brought him back off. They're a zone concept team, zone dog team, which helps them. I think he'll certainly come back when they want to get into some man-to-man schemes. But to me, that's the key. Can they hold up? Look, they're an older team too now, Patrick. You know, when we think about it, Daquan Jones is over 30. Von Miller's over 30. Poyer and Hyde are over 30. The, and Milano has a propensity to get injured. If any of those things happen, that kind of takes them back a little bit.
4: You take a look at the market on the Bills, it's incredible. They're 6-1, your favorites to win a championship. By the way, com- they represent the AFC. They're plus 275 to come out of the AFC. The next second-best be- second favor- uh, betting favorite there is 5.5, so plus 550 on the Chiefs. So prohibited favorites for the Bills to come out of the AFC. And they're minus yeah. 240 in division, Michael.
5: And if you bet Josh Allen for MVP, which I wrote about in the guide, you know, if his number is over that five, five to one odds, you know, and you take five players. But I think if you bet Josh Allen for MVP, you should also bet the bills to get to the AFC. I think those two things go hand in hand. I think if you're willing to bet for Josh Allen on the MVP, you got to put the bill because if he wins MVP, the bills are going to get to the final four. They're going to get to the conference championship. You know they're going to win that thing, and so he's at plus seven hundred. So you could take him, which is a great number, right? Let's say you take Josh Allen, you take Patrick Mahomes, you take Joe Burrow, and you take Aaron. Rod- I mean, you got to ch- and you invest five hundred dollars into those five players. One of them is going to be the MVP, Lamar Jackson. Throw it on him. I think he's at twenty to one. So you get that back. But I do think if you play that. I would play Buffalo to win the AFC, plus
4: two seventy-five to come out of the conference. Uh, again, if you want to bet Josh Allen to win the MVP, as Michael said, go to BetMGM, our sponsor here, because they're seven to one right now. DraftKings is six and a half to one, so that you know a little bit of a difference shop there the in number. the
5: market. You got to shop. Yep, you got to shop right? the number.
4: We, I, we're going to, we, me and Michael will drill this into your minds the whole entire season. It's going to get annoying, but that's the importance. That's the difference. Shopping for the right numbers is the difference between profiting and losing over a long season. That's just what it comes down to. By the way, Brady is 8.5 to 1 over at DraftKings, and Mahomes is 9 to 1, tied with Herbert at 9 to 1 as well. And Aaron Rodgers, your two time defending champ there as far as the MVP, is 10 to 1.
5: You know, look, I, I think a lot of it's tied to, win, right, it's winning. You can't be the MVP and lose. I mean, I, that's for baseball, right? You can't be on a bad team and be the MVP. That's for baseball. But, you, you know, NFL is about the MVP makes his team better and they win. And if you like the Bills and Josh Allen at plus 275, put some money on Josh Allen too. You know, bet those two things, put them together and it will give you a better chance because I think those things will happen. If you're right about one, you'll be right about the other.
4: By the way, for somebody a little older like myself, it's always going to be Justin A. Bear, right? Bobby A. Bear. I can't look at that yeah. name and not say Bobby A. Bear. It's just, it's impossible.
5: That's a good point. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. <laughs>
4: no, now I've completely mind-screwed myself. Okay, so that is, the question I had in my notes for you, would the Buffalo Bills keep their foot on the gas? They're not going to. Week two was their, was their dress rehearsal for the season. Yeah, you could see that. Add it. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean that they was got a concerted. long trip to Los Angeles. Plus, remember now they play Thursday, so they're not on that two-week program. Good point. So they're on a they're on a ten-day program. So you know they they have less time to recover from an injury than any team does. You know, same thing with the Rams. The Rams won't play anybody in Cincinnati. That clock will keep running. You know, so they won't do any of that. So you got to keep that in mind as you get ready for this.
4: You see the price Seattle's laying in Dallas tonight. You want to yeah. take a stab? I mean, if you, it's, it's seven. Well, I think it was so yesterday was like, seven.
5: yeah, I mean, it was, what, five and a half? Yesterday it's up to seven. I, I mean, look, that clock's going to keep running. I think the unders in play in Seattle, too. I don't think Dallas is going to. Ch- We've seen Dallas without, you know, when they don't have their offense going. I think that under, what's it, 37 and a half? I wouldn't be surprised if it ticks down a little bit, too.
4: Well, the cre- the question is replacing Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, the rookie, but he's got an ankle injury as well. So they're just—I right. mean, it's a—they're t- in a tough
5: spot right now, the Cowboys. They really are, you know. They really are, and that's the problem. When you have a—you know—do you put him out there at left tackle? What are you going to do? You can't put him out there at left tackle in the first game of the season against Shaq Barrett, right? Okay, hey mm-hmm. Shaq, how are you? How nice to see. you. It's my first game at left tackle. Like that's malpractice. Like, that's malpractice. So you're going to have to maneuver this around a little bit, you know? Like, seriously, you know, I mean, oh, we'll just put him at left tackle. Al Davis would have gone berserk. Like, do you know who we're playing in week one? Like, we're playing against this guy that can rush the passer. He was, you know, defensive player of the year. Like, we're going to put him out there and expect him to do well?
4: One thing I will say about Seattle and Dallas tonight, Michael, is Gino and Drew. The competition's alive, but the competition for the backup of Dak with Will Greer and Cooper Rush is a thing. That's legit.
5: Is there really? I mean, at this point, do you really have a backup? Do you really have a backup? I mean, are you go. I mean, we've seen this before, right? Are you going with this? Like, I mean, I think it's an area of concern, you know. I, I mean, look. I think the Cowboys' depth scenario concern. I, I'm more worried about the Cowboys than Jerry and Stephen are.
4: Oh no, they're all in. There's third are oh, they're, they're from going Jerry to and Stephen. This is they're going this to the is playoffs by
5: Bears. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Playoffs,
4: playoffs. Um, yeah, Will Greer and Cooper Rush aren't going. To, the the question is, why were Cowboys fans debating should they give Dak the money? Uh, yeah, you pay yeah. Dak Prescott because then you get to Cooper Rush. We've got Wes Reynolds next. to the Lombardi line on v featuring former
3: NFL executive
4: Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you want some juice? Juice, man. No-run first-inning wager. The first inning, of course, of a baseball game is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first-inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet On any Friday Major League Baseball game, if only one run is scored in the first, you're going to get your stake back and free bets up to 20 bucks. That's a great deal. That's right. Simply place a single or parlay no-run first inning bet. No runs in the first, no problem. And if one is scored, you're going to get your money back. That's a great deal. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. got to be 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Mississippi down there near the bayou, right? Michael Lombardi is going to be headed. Is it a week yeah. from today?
5: A week from today. I mean, I go down there. You're going to have to do the show next Friday without me as I sail to Biloxi uh, and uh, Worth get it. there. And, yeah. Worth it for so, you to go hang out with Jick Jack forward and the to crew, t- no? Hanging out with Jick Jack. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being in the Beau Rivage, getting ready for college football. We'll have a big weekend down there for college. That's so what we do this weekend.
4: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi line. We bring in our colleague here at v Wes Reynolds, and we say hi to Wes, who filled in for Michael last week. Michael, although Michael the grinder literally was popping up on Skype at the beginning of the shows from his hotel room, as we say hi to Wes. Wes, uh, good morning and hello. First off, yesterday, the unders bounced back in a big way, of course. Do you expect that trend to continue today with four games on slate?
7: You know, I do more more often than not, and, I, and I'm sure Michael, by the way, Jick Jack's going to have some really good barbecue for him next weekend. <laughs> yes. So I know he's looking forward to that trip. If you follow Jick Jack on Twitter, very good on the grill and very good with the barbecue nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, I okay. expect that this undertrend is likely going to continue because I think everybody, when they look at it, they're like, okay, yeah, the number ones, we're going to get the dress rehearsal and the offenses are going to go out there. Well, it's the dress rehearsal for the first team defense, too, and I think you kind of saw that at least a little bit last night. I know a lot of the starters didn't play with Green Bay and Kansas City, but you haven't really seen the overs get bet that much this week. They've either kind of stayed the same or they've gone down a little bit from the opener, I think, simply because, you know, certain teams are going to play a little bit more. So it's like the quote-unquote dress rehearsal, but... A dress rehearsal might be a series for a first team or a dress rehearsal might be a quarter and a half for a first team. And plus the fact, and I know Michael brings this up all the time, when you have these joint practices, even though teams are kind of keeping their looks relatively vanilla, they don't want to show everything that they got in the playbook, you're going to see that these teams can evaluate each other's personnel. And when the guys go home from practice, the coaches are watching the film from these joint practice sessions. So they pick up things. So that's why I think that at least for the first two games, I know a small sample size that you saw the scoring down last night.
5: Yeah, and I think the clock's going to run. I, I think teams just want to get this over with as quickly as they can like last night and you know, I think that look, San Francisco saw what they wanted, not that it was good and not that it helps, but they just want to get back and start on the regular season and get their team going. So, I think that plays into the under. Like tonight, I mean, like is you know, are is Dallas and Seattle. I mean, Seattle probably try to score, but is Dallas going to participate? I doubt it.
4: You know, it's funny because I was digging through Seattle. Seattle's been absolutely terrible on defense week one and two in the, pre, in the preseason, which is something that Carroll wants to run the football and, and defend this year. That's, that's the M.O. and uh, not a good look for Seattle. So why don't we stick with Seattle? Wes, your thoughts. I'll, I'll pull up the number as far as season wins, but there seems to be a lot of negative emotion and energy associated with the Seahawks right now.
7: Yeah, I, I don't see really a lot of talent on this team, per se. You don't know who's going to eventually be the quarterback, if it's going to be Geno, if it's going to be Drew Locke. But Seattle, they, they you just look, and they're devoid of talent, I think, in so many positions. You've got – two new tackles on the offensive line that actually both played in air raid offenses uh, across down there at Mississippi State. And then the other kid, Lucas, was at Washington State. So that's a totally different offense in terms of the protections, in terms of the assignments that they're going to, you know, see in a more pro-style conventional offense. So, yeah, Seattle, I think, is, is struggling to really, you know, not only with the quarterback play, but with the offensive line to get their scoring going. And we know that Dallas... They don't score a lot in the preseason anyway. I know that they had a big number last week because the kid Turpin had a couple punt returns and kickoff returns for touchdown. But that was basically their offense last week. So that's why you've already seen it drop three points.
4: Five and a half, Michael. Let me let me just follow up with you, Michael. Fourteen missed tackles for Seattle against the Bears in week two.
5: Well, I mean, look, I think Seattle is a work in progress. And when, when Pete first got there, uh, they were a work in progress, too. It never looked good. And then eventually, when they got Russell, it started to come together. And I think that's where we are right now. I think the month of September is a good – Seattle may be a good team to bet against. I don't think it's there right now. I think a new defensive scheme – Hired a defensive line coach to be his defense coordinator, changing the scheme a little bit. Now, I know that the guy that was with the, with the Bears last year is also helping with the defense. So it's a little bit of Vic Fangio scheme in there. Offensively, Shane Waldron takes over, but also a new offensive line coach. There's a lot of new pieces running around Seattle with a lot of new players and no stability at quarterback. You know, one of the things you want to do as an offense or a defensive coach is count on somebody. I know I'm going to get a good play out of this player. I don't think you can say that about Seattle other than perhaps they can run the football, which we haven't really seen them do that effectively over the first two preseason games.
4: And Rashad Penny is out tonight. COVID, Kenneth Walker out with that hernia. So running the football tonight could be an issue. Uh, Wes, we were talking about Buffalo and Carolina a little bit earlier. You expect Buffalo, after what they did in week two, to kind of take the foot off the gas. Josh Allen not going to play. Carolina's up to six and a half here. It points to Baker playing, but we're not 100% positive Baker's going to be in there.
7: Yeah, and I was in the studio on Saturday when Buffalo played Denver early Saturday afternoon, that last preseason game on Saturday. And Buffalo's offense with the second unit looked just fine, thank you, with Case Keenum and with Singletary and Moss and the new kid Cook in the backfield. They drafted out of Georgia. They look like an absolute juggernaut. So, you know, offensively, that's why I think you've seen the total go up to 39 and a half or 40, because it's like, okay, this second team can still score, even though Josh Allen isn't going to play. Yeah, I I do think Carolina wants to give Baker a look. I know Matt Rule has officially announced that, hey, Baker's going to be the guy. And we pretty much knew that anyway, even though he was trying to say the politically correct thing, like, yeah, Sam Darnold can still compete for this starting job and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, the six and a half. This is going to be a pass for me. I know this is preseason. Even if Buffalo goes bare bones here, that second unit can still score.
4: Wes Reynolds, by the way, the new football guide is out. We dropped it yesterday. Go become a subscriber. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Wes has a play on a team in Los Angeles to win the Super Bowl. I won't tell you which one, but it's a nice little (laughs) price. It's a a tasty price. Got to go check out the NFL uh, football betting guide, which we dropped yesterday. Just uh, about two and a half minutes. I want to ask you a question, Wes. Are you buying into the Lions hype?
7: Uh, a little bit. I'm not going necessarily all in, but I'm just, you know, dangling, throwing a couple chips in here and there, because I do think that this team, you know, is buying into Dan Campbell in terms of the culture. And I don't want to let hard knocks kind of cloud your judgment. And I would advise betters not to do that, because Whenever they produce this show, these guys at NFL Films and these production companies, they know what they're doing, how to make this team look good. They did the same thing with the Colts last year in the late season hard knocks. But I do think that there at least is a better culture there with Dan Campbell. I think that the players are responding to him. I think one of the things that they're doing is they're trying to get tough on both sides of the ball in the trenches. You've seen it with how they've drafted offensive line. You see it with Hutchinson that they drafted number two overall this year on the defensive line. So they're going to at least be physical and they're not going to get out in games. They may get out talented, but they're not going to get out tough. And I think they're an interesting underdog actually in the week one regular season card still staying at four. We haven't seen a lot of movement on Philadelphia yet, even though that team's getting a lot of hype here in the offseason. But Detroit lost to this team 44-6 to last year. So they're going to remember that. And the Lions, I think, even though they had 13 losses, they were competitive in, in many of those games. They weren't competitive against Philadelphia. So uh, beware a little bit, some of these road favorites in Week 1, and especially the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: Okay, Wes. Wes Reynolds won on Twitter. v host, Point Spread Weekly, and, of course, the NFL Guide, which dropped yesterday. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, Wes. Thanks, Wes. You appreciate you. Thank you. You know, and not in a condescending way, Michael Lombardi, but all this Lions love, I just want to do that thing <laughs> where you pat somebody on the head and you say, oh, that's nice. I mean, it's disrespectful yeah. to pat somebody on the head, but I just want but to I, say that's nice. I
5: thought he made a great point. I thought Wes made a great point. I mean, for all the Philly love, Jalen Hurts had his most fabulous practice yesterday, and Philly's, you know, even I think Philly, fly, eagle, fly, will, will win the East uh, in light of the Smith injury. That the, the line in Detroit is moving. Detroit has that ability to kind of have captivated people enough to where, look, Detroit, this is one of the most bet games on the board right now, believe it or not.
4: (laughs) Dude, I can't believe we're opening with the Eagles-Lions week one. That is just a confluence of perfection. By the way, Detroit is at Pittsburgh on on Sunday. A lot of steam on the Lions. I, I hear you, bro. And Tomlin just announced who's starting on Sunday. We'll get to that next.
0: If you dare.